Divine guidance comes through dreams, and I can point you to a couple of examples. Judges chapter 7, verses 13 to 15. Gideon is coming against the mighty Midianites, and he sneaks up to their camp, and he hears one of the Midianites tell his fellow soldier that he had dreamed a dream, and that the Israelites would overcome them. Now, wouldn't that be interesting if you could sneak up alongside your enemies and hear them say, boy, them guys are going to run all over us. You who play football, you'd like to hear something like that, wouldn't you? Did you know that your enemies are saying that? Did you know that? Your enemies, the devil and, and, and all his cohorts, if you could hear what they say, in secret they say this, boy, I sure hope he don't get any of that word of God in him. Boy, I sure hope he don't get too close to Jesus. I sure hope he don't learn how to rebuke me. I sure do hope he keeps playing Christian. You see? Secretly, they know that you can defeat them, and they're scared to death. That's what your enemies are saying. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20 to 23, Joseph was informed about the child of the Holy Ghost which Mary was carrying in a dream. Boy, what a dream. Let me tell you. In Matthew 2, 12, the wise men were warned concerning Herod through a dream. Matthew 2, 13, Joseph was warned to flee to Egypt in a dream. Matthew 2.19, Joseph is told to come back from Egypt in a dream. Matthew 2.22, Joseph went to Galilee by the direction of God through a dream. Matthew 27.19, as I've talked about, Pilate's wife warned him that she had had a dream, warned him to leave Jesus alone. Well, what happens in a dream? In a dream, the conflict between the flesh and the spirit can be overcome because in a dream, you become willing and yielded, and there is an absence of distraction. While we're going about our waking hours of the day, all kinds of input is coming in through our natural senses. We see things, we hear things, we feel things, and so consequently we're being bombarded with all of this. But when we lay down and go to sleep, none of that stuff is coming in, and we can begin to receive. We're more open, we're more receptive to God's voice at that time. You remember the little boy Samuel could hear God's voice when he would lay down and get quiet and go to sleep. Consequently, a person in a state of subconscious liberation, meaning he's asleep, may have heightened imagination and spiritual perception. And this gives the believer an increased awareness of communications which transcend the normal functions of the physical senses. So, when the dream is used as an agent of divine communication, your natural senses of sight and taste and smell are suspended by a natural thing, sleep. But now watch what happens when you have a vision in the spirit. It's a little bit different. When you have a vision, in, uh, let me say this before I do that. When you have a dream in the spirit and you wake, you will have a sense of a closer walk with God a great experience of his presence. Now, there is what is described in the New Testament as a trance, but that's not a dream. That comes under vision. Now, dreams are of two types, one which includes divine appearances, as in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20, or one where only impressions are received. In other words, in your dream, you could see Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? Paul saw him. John saw him. Why couldn't we see him? 
if you would like to get into that, maybe study people like Daniel and Ezekiel and John and do a little character sketch on these individuals and maybe you could find out why they could receive dreams and visions and revelations.